Welcome to another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents. Look, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna I've changed the the way that I format this podcast. So if you're listening, I appreciate it. I know there was a lot of folks who've sent in emails about trying to, to have a guest on the the program. I just, young hunters always wanting to let me do something. I know this is my time to sit back in my office and, and get my affairs in order. In every sense of uh what that can mean and to uh, set the scene for you <clears throat> my yeah, that's what i was getting my my zippo is sitting here with a different lighter and then i've got some bacardi rum punch on one side there's 1783 small batch on the other side i've got a candle i'm gonna light some dr pepper in a glass with a separate bottle of dr pepper to refill that there's some steak on the table and i'm just I'm in the middle of kind of I have lots of options in front of me, right? That's how life is. You have lots of choices. What are you going to choose? What are you going to do? Now, that Bacardi right there, I don't know if it'll make me uh, any better of a podcast host, but it certainly helps me to sleep. I'll I'll fall asleep with a little bit of... The old Sanford and Son recipe was that he would drink some... It was Ripple and Apple something. Now, they called it Flapple. But it was, you know, Applejack. And ripple, yeah, that's right, that's right. The older people, as an old remedy, when they would back to when they would put that um, um, castor oil, is that what they put on people so they wouldn't suck the thumb? You'd drink Applejack to go to sleep, you know, stuff like that, warm glass of milk, whatever. Um, so for me, uh, I bought this. I probably had this two years. This Bacardi rum punch. Uh, I think it's a hurricane or zombie or something version that's blue. It's one of these pre-mixed big bottles. It's, I don't know, like 15 bucks. And I got it, and I, I didn't want to throw it out. So every now and then I'll drink a little bit of it, and it, I'll just fall asleep in my office chair. But I'm going to uh, take a razor blade and cause to open the uh, Ronsonol nozzle here so i can refuel my zippo lighter and then i'll get a cigar out and and we'll have a conversation but um i quite enjoy the the way the last couple of weeks have gone in my life i lost you know uh, my uncle i went over that in the podcast but you know i've I've had some very interesting family interactions just it's not been 48 hours my mother sent me a message she said hey family in town everybody's visiting at your grandmother's well i'm off work i'm gonna head right over there i did head right over there and they were having problems because the smoke detectors have been beeping and uh so i got in there and helped investigate that and the conclusion we came to where those were about 30 years old we're getting new smoke detectors so I jetted off to the store, found the the best ones, right? Bought a case of them and went back to my grandmother's house. And never had, I've, I've installed lights, done some plumbing. I've done all kinds of stuff, right? I've got a high aptitude. I said to someone once that, you know, the, the folks who graduated high school with me or who I've encountered in my life who do some of this work are they're specialized but they're not their aptitude their intelligence is not you know that much different or maybe that different in a good or a bad way than mine so i could do that 
they probably have a lot of the tricks of the trade that I don't have. But I could do it. So, yeah, without a YouTube video or anything else, I've proceeded to install an entire case of uh, smoke detectors and got that all squared away. It was, it was wonderful. I mean, that's just, it's how I enjoy spending quality time with people. I can work with my hands. And we still had some really good conversation while I was up on a ladder and holding a screwdriver in my mouth or, or whatever else, you know, state I was in. Turning around, get the, get the humidor out. Get us a a decent uh, cigar for today. Ooh, that's the last cigarillo. I, look, and I'll I'll put them over here. Um, Thompson's cigar, and I can't remember how I ran across them back in the day. If I ended up with a catalog in my hands or the website or whatever it was, sells all kinds of stuff and cigar wise. And um, I bought. You got like 30 cigars and two of those, well, I'm sorry. You got however many cigars, and it came with the wooden box. And I was like, well, hell yeah, I'll try some cigars. And it came from, um, I watched Steven Crowder on, it wasn't Steven Crowder, it was somebody else. But anyway, somebody had talked Joe Rogan into smoking a cigar. Steven Crowder talked him into smoking a pipe. And uh, they were talking about the, the different this and that and the other and the chemical reaction. And, you know, obviously cigars are not good for you. But uh, I said, well, hell, I'm going to try that. I didn't enjoy the cigars. This was about four or five years ago. So I gave them away or threw them away, kept the boxes. And uh, for whatever reason, I decided to try something a little different. And um, I bought a bunch of Swisher Sweets that were grape flavored. And these are Good Times Sweet Cigars. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I sent a message to Anthony. I said, what do you know about these cigarillos? He said, I'll tell you what I know about good time cigars. They ain't good for shit except for cutting them open and putting weed in them. <laughs> and I said, okay. So uh, that's not what I do. But it's, it was advice given to me by a semi-professional um, narcotics expert. Uh, no, football player. Excuse me, I get professions mixed up. Um, so, yeah, so I, for whatever reason, I took a chance and went by. Um, I got these, and I was running lower, and I went by one of the smokes. Of course, there's a million smoke shops now. And I stopped by and just went in there to see if they had, you know, some what I would consider to be um, – a sampler pack or something that I could try and I wouldn't feel bad if I, you know, that's $20 out the window. And I bought these and I'm still working on, the, no, I bought, I have bought, is it three packs at this point? Two packs at this point. But these, uh, P-E-R-D-O-M-O, these uh, Peridomos uh, are the ones that I got from, uh, it was like 30 bucks for four of them or something. Um, and the sampler costs even more if I buy them from Thompson Cigars. So I don't know where he, he got them cheaper, however he did it, but, um, sells them to me. And, um, I've enjoyed, you know, one every now and again. A lot of times I cut it off and I end up smoking it in like three or four different, um, sessions. Just, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there by the fire pit out back, whatever. So... Between the work that I do, ingesting a lot, <laughs> ingesting a lot of debris, whether it's 
concrete or sheetrock or sawdust or just the general air quality that we're seeing now in the, the news. Um, I've I've adjusted the cigars accordingly, but I, I have a ritual where I come home and I just get in the shower and hot, hot water and you know, I blow the, you know, I just hold one and I just blow my nose, just, you know, however many times I feel, feel it's clean and just beat the chest. What is it? Seamus does the, the 10 beats of the Baldron or whatever. Yeah. That's what I do to myself. Just. The intensity in the eyes of the Celtic warrior. This is a man trying to right a wrong, a man who feels cheated. And Sokoa, welcome to the 10 beats of the Baldwin. How about 26? He used to stop at 10. That was bad enough. Beats of the Baldwin. Bam. You know. Get all that phlegm and everything else out of there because they say, as I read, that once things are kind of in there, it's it becomes more of a permanent circumstance. That's how that COPD and black lung and coal miners and welders and all that stuff happens. But if you have a good routine of getting you know everything kind of out of the temporary status of your respiratory system, then you'll be okay, uh, or at least better off. And so that's where I'm at with things. And I, and I, I'm hoping that's that is the situation. I don't like having breathing problems so <laughs> the, the other solution uh, that someone might actually do as an addendum would be hey you know you should uh, you shouldn't smoke any of those cigars uh, yeah i get that part of it and um but i already own these and so if i don't buy anymore i may not buy anymore i may keep one around for when i feel like it but i never felt like i got like addicted to the knee to the um nicotine or whatever else um more of a it's just recreation, I suppose. It's like my wrestling belts. I I pull them down every now and then when I feel like carrying one around the house or having some fun or whatever. But otherwise, it's just, just there. And uh, I hate having stuff in my life that's just like there. So that's why I just go ahead and enjoy a cigar while I'm having a podcast. It's, it um, probably is one of the reasons that I got it was to add to my, I don't know, atmosphere or some kind of prop for my costume here or whatever that is but uh yeah i i have very much enjoyed the last couple of weeks and things and uh i made all of these these notes for the today's episode ate me a big well i'm halfway through this piece of london broil there's probably if a pound of 16 ounces this would be a 12 ounce piece um We'll go with that. But it's London Broil. You're supposed to throw it, you know, that traditionally people get the best results or the most preferable results by taking and, um, my notes are on this other monitor, so I'm going to blow it up real fast. They get the best results out of London Broil by taking and, um, cooking it, you know, with, um, the bouillon and onion and making a sort of a, stew or uh, some sort of bot roast or something like that out of it uh, in in my world and uh, or in my travels and so i didn't want to do that i don't i don't like all the sides and all the nonsense it's just me so 
uh, I put it in a pan and seared it. I've not put it on a grill and tried it. I, I thought that might be an interesting uh, way to try to enjoy it as well. So, you know, I'll leave that option open for the future. But um, my notes over here are quite... They're all over the place. We're, so let's introduce this. And, and somebody, uh, old Jay helped me out with these, so I appreciate her doing that. Um, says, I was going to name this episode Advice and Assessment. Well, I can tell you that I was in the middle of writing Father's Day letters for my guys. And I finished those yesterday. Lucky enough, none of those guys listen to this podcast. Otherwise, they wouldn't work for me. Now they <laughs> no, that's not true. We we all love each other. We just never know when somebody's going to make a mistake, and then they change their status from you know being in good standing to uh, as my my favorite amigo says, "We'll call you when we need you." And I said, <laughs> which is I think his way of saying that you're fired. So. Uh, yeah, the advice and assessment piece of it was that I, I really enjoy writing things, not only to make people feel better, but it helps me express how I truly feel about certain people. I think there's a lot of ways that I just leave things under the covers. And it's not hiding my feelings, but I don't um, explore. Every, it's kind of like smoking that whole pack of cigars. There's still something left to, to be discovered. Um, it's where you know somebody, you love somebody, you admire, maybe you're just lusting after somebody. And instead of sitting down and saying, how do I truly think about, you know, the whole aspect of this friendship, relationship, whatever this energy is with this person, you realize there's more to it, but you don't reflect on it. And so when they piss you off, it stays that they piss you off. But had you had deep thoughts about the situation... When they piss you off, it wouldn't bother you because you've sat down and done a just a thorough, a comprehensive sort of look at where they are in your life and what they mean, what their potential is or what their contributions already have been. And once you know those things, it's so much harder for you to just dismiss someone. It's as if you have not taken the time to give them an evaluation, assessment, a credit um, to all of the things that they've already put into play. You're still looking at them like almost a version of a stranger. And when I say that, it means that they're not family, they're not familiar to you. You've not taken the time to really appreciate the possibility of an unconditional friendship with them. Think about that point of no return for a lot of folks you sit down and you go hey i've been through so much with this person i, I don't want them to go away not that they can't do wrong it's more that they have um, a good heart and so you know that they, whatever happens that is not perfect is an innocent mistake and that's that is beyond any level of importance that you could assign to anything else. Now, don't get me wrong, because there's people who make enough mistakes, and you work in a world where 
you write people up, you document people, you got to let them go, right? Because they they violated whatever the tolerance is in your policy, your structure, your rules. They, oh, one time means this, two times means verbal, three times means written, four times means, okay. But we don't have to do that in our personal lives. Even though I think a lot of people choose to do that in their personal lives. But had they sat back and thought about it and said, well, you know what? This person has, as, as teachers get or whatever, tenure. And they've earned this kind of spot where they can make more mistakes because we respect their, their freedom. We respect uh, what they bring from risk versus reward ratio. And their, their personal track record, their history. And their contributions play a large role in that. It plays a, just a tremendous role into where you can uh, invest in them, and and you know there's a secure future. You could be there'll be up and downs, right? And just like any other stock or any other performance-based thing, right? You win some, you lose some. But this person is going to be part of your your legacy, and and they'll always be part of your your history. Hopefully, they'll always be part of the family as I was saying. So to me, that's a, an extremely important aspect of, of any potential uh, friend or looking at dating somebody or whatever else it might be. And I think one of the only ways that you can truly uh, make that decision to, to, get, to grant that kind of status for someone to graduate into that sort of role um, is for you to Really sit down and, you know, think about what they mean to you. Write something that tells the story of the two of you or, you know, how you genuinely see them. And from that point on, you know, everything is different. I do a lot of written recognition for my guys, but we all know that we have good intentions. We trust each other and that's where it goes. And, and that's just how it's going to be. Those are people that I ended up, with, you know, in with my life uh, professionally. So, uh, here, I'll give you a little bit of a break, and we'll come back, and I'll tell you a few things about some some other risks or ways to uh, avoid <laughs> uh, just throwing your time away personally. John? Bree, any idea why we are in a fridge? Well, I'm Bree. Yeah, I'm John. I know, but you're John who? John Ham. So we're Bree and? Bree and Ham. Ham and Bree, I get it. And Hellman's. We're dinner. Well, with Hellman's, all these leftovers can be anything. Is that Pete Davidson? Uh-huh. He really is everywhere. I'm going to eat you guys. You guys are really delicious. That's, that's weird. Hellman's brings leftovers to life. So I'm... Curious how many folks, I, I guess, uh, you know, have the same similar experiences or if they come to the same thoughts that I do because, you know, it takes me a long time to, to have a thought of what I think is a, a pretty good magnitude, right? Your your mind's kind of Richter scale, the seismic activity is what, you know, measures earthquakes and, and things of that nature geologically. But I think certain ideas are very big impact or you know or you know, they they shake the core of uh, of how you saw things before and 
you know, I've in the the past I've had dating profiles for a couple of different reasons, I guess, to to try to meet people or try to be engaged, to try to you know find someone to spend time with, uh, pursue something with, and it occurred to me that it's never uh, um not there, right? Because when you have apps on your phone, they're there 24 hours and they work. And I, I, Don't get me wrong, you get DoorDash and when the restaurant's closed, you can't get a delivery. But that's not true with the social media platforms. They are there all hours of the day, the night, the otherwise. And people probably have had very clear, um, like clairvoyant kind of revelations that you shouldn't, you know, go posting all of your, your stuff when you're in a, a rough this side of the other, had too many drinks, whatever it might be. But it, I'd never applied that to, to when it, thinking about uh, any of the being single kind of apps. And you go to bed at whatever hour and you wake up and you go to check, oh, okay, it's this time in the morning, these things are going on. And, wait a minute, I don't have to get out of bed. Or I'm feeling some kind of way, or I had this kind of dream, whatever it might be, right? And uh, you say, well, all right. And as you reply to maybe a message or two or three, um, you go to look and see, all right, well, that was those were the conversations that are already going on. Who else is, is there to... To match up with. Who else got a profile? What else is out there? And it occurred to me that you probably should do that after, you know, maybe preferably um, when you're on the way home from work or when you had, you know, kind of a relaxed day and you're, you're in, in this accomplished or maybe even you've, it's been a strenuous day kind of mindset. Is this the kind of person that you would want to be um, in front of or spend your time with when you have tension? And I don't mean so that you can relieve your tension. What I'm talking about is like when you, uh, I've, if I've had a long day at work and I ran across someone who I thought was, was appealing, personality, energy, whatever that might be, and I still take the time after I feel like my resources are depleted to still be interested in you, that's a different story, isn't it? Than it is to wake up in the morning and go, I got nothing else to do today. I'm going to lay in bed and let's look at some profiles. Oh, look at her. She could be laying in bed with me. That'd be a... And that's one of those things that if, if you don't think about how that, the atmosphere that you're in as you were to, to engage in a conversation or a match up with somebody, whatever it might be, um, it, it helps to determine where the formula is going to take it. You don't go grocery shopping while you're hungry. You know, why? Because you buy everything. You need everything. Same concept. Don't go shopping across dating profiles while you're waking up hungry in the morning. Or why you're lonely at night. Do it in a time where you have a good headspace to try to actually, you know, consider what you 
what your goals are. And if that if your goal is to not be lonely and to be able to have some sort of dispensable, expendable, promiscuous kind of experience, then we're not talking from the same mindset. So that, that's something to consider. But I I genuinely think that you should think about the mindset you're looking for. Like, is it is it for your bed? Is it for your home life? Right. I'm I'm leaving work. This is someone I would want to come home to. I would welcome being able to share my space with them, even when I feel like I need peace. Can they bring me peace? Give me peace, not just give me a peace. That's it's completely different, and I think that's quite important because. It helps to develop whatever your formula is going to be. And sometimes you have a formula to, you know, if you are, if you have a team and it's not to win a championship, I don't I just love my team. They never win. But the Cleveland Browns, or whoever the hell they are now, um, you know, that's my team. Okay. But they're not a contender. But that's my team. Okay. And there's people who fall in love with people, and they go back to that unconditional situation that I was talking about earlier. They're already in that for life. They're committed. They're not walking out the door. And there's something that people can admire about that. But I also don't really understand why you can't just set goals and and chase after something a little bit different than what you already have together, right? Maybe you always wanted to go somewhere. All right, do what you can to, you know, Save a little money or sell a little something or get a second job and go somewhere. Change your means. Change your, you know, increase your resources, that kind of thing. It's very important to me to be able to admire whoever I might be with. And don't get me wrong, because there's some very complicated situations. I'll give you an example. Here is a person that they, you, you're matched up and... You uh, have been dating with someone that you met, however you met them. Maybe they came up to you in, in person. Maybe you, you know maybe you met them in church, whatever it is. And there's certain things that are just really going to be these difficult kind of crossroads mentally for you. Whether it's because they screwed up and they spent too much of the money and now you have to do something to rebudget. Maybe they... If there's extreme, you know, the, the the things that are higher up that kind of unforgivable scale, if it's because they betrayed you or ran off or cheated or whatever that might be, it can, it can destroy the relationship. But I'm talking more along the lines of just the, this peace from day to day. So you need time to, to think in the morning. You need time after a workout to, to kind of reflect and, and that mental kind of rebalance after work. Sometimes it could be intimately. Let's say, you know, I'm next to someone who you've had this this amazing intensity. And now you're, you look up and you can just count the dots on the ceiling. You're just like, oh my God, like there's so many stars in the sky. So much popcorn on the popcorn ceiling. There's. I can see things I never thought about before. I'm just clairvoyant. I'm clear. I'm 
I'm level-headed for once. I'm balanced. All of my tension is gone. Now, what do you do in that moment? Do you just, you know, are you just, it's just like the beach. The waves are coming in. You don't need nothing. Just enjoy the mood, the scenery. Nothing needs to be said. It's its own thing. Other people want to get up and, and maybe go do something. They're like, oh, my God, you know, i got to be somewhere. Well, why would you, you know what I mean? Would you go see a concert right, right before you have to be somewhere, or wouldn't you really want to enjoy the energy that just got exchanged? I mean, that's just kind of... So, how you handle that can really determine how much of a benefit the experience can be for two people. Because there are people who just, their goal in life, in, in the relationship sort of world, is to have someone who can you know, provide for them. There's other people who just want a partner to, to be physical with. There's people who need someone for security. From the aspect that you are are doing things with a balance, in part of that balance is, is that intimate relationship. And when you are trying to balance that with somebody else, but to get the most bang for your buck, then part of it is... How long does does your? It, it's almost like you're uh, what they Sunday afternoon special drug dealer. How long is your high gonna last? Hey man, this will get you twice as high, twice as long. And, and uh, well, if you're thinking about your partner that way, and that's a, a severe motivation, then make sure you find someone who has that kind of ability where they can make you very very happy, and they just shut up, you know, because. You can't just enjoy yourself. It's like they're talking during you know the movie or whatever that might be. And I don't have to go into some deep description about this. You know what I'm talking about. You, they ruin whatever it might be. They might have had a beautiful moment where you got a card or a greeting or someone said something sweet or whatever, and then they said something stupid, smart-ass, thought they were clever, and just ruined it, photo-bombed it, moment-bombed it, sex-bombed it, whatever you want to call it. So think about it like that. And think about whether you know what you need in those those moments. Talk to the person that you're with, you're dating, you're married to, whatever. And maybe you can find a way to make that last a little longer. Maybe you can make it, you know, even more intense or that much more rewarding. People's personalities develop, you know, they develop differently, and they've traveled in different ways than you have different routes different obstacles i'll give you a good example there was a girl that i spoke to uh once that we just ran across each other in public and she was you know decent looking all the things that you know where you find the, the attraction level and then you know spoke in a way that her voice didn't annoy me and there was more layers to it, right? There's, there was, now it's, it's okay, I can listen to this. There was some substance. She seemed to talk about family, talked about, you know, her personal goals and things, shared where she had been in some difficult situations in previous relationships. Turned out it wasn't that long ago, but she didn't really necessarily hold back. She blushed, she laughed, she did all the things that you would want perhaps a potential person to do. Now, as... I halfway got to know her a little bit. 
she was not over a lot of her other situations. May not ever be. Some people don't get that way. They get, you know, her, I guess she's 25 or 26. Um, when you when you run into those situations at that la- at that age, right when you're getting fully developed as a person, a woman, an adult, um, those things can they certainly uh, are like a grift in the system. It's like having a problem in your in your educational process, and and you can be quite frankly misguided, perhaps forever. You have these. Um, Areas that you have to put under, you know, high security or, you know, nobody, no, nobody can ever, you know, get into those forbidden doors and so forth. That's a shame, man, because that's, that's part of you that you can't share that it's, you know, it's, it's like this, uh, corrupted part of your hard drive that now, you know, whatever your capacity was, it's smaller. Your car is damaged. Well, whatever it could have done now, it can't do as much. And in some ways, um, you know, what happened with, with me and her was just a series of, you know, things that have repeated themselves over the course of time. I've, said, I've, I've had a great many conversations with people who've never spoken to me um, for a second time or a tenth time or we never arranged a date or whatever it might have been because um, they felt like, it was um, almost like I think too much pressure would probably be an accurate kind of thing. I I don't operate on anything but what I consider to be um, this is a paradox of terms, but or maybe a contradiction of terms. But I operate on what I would consider to be this quite. Intensely vulnerable mindset and its wavelength that, you know, you treat someone as conceptually innocent as you possibly could. Yes, things have happened, but you want to give the person who's in front of you a completely fresh slate to work with. And give them everything you can reasonably, possibly, maybe, you know, even uncomfortably give them. Because if you want it to have longevity, if you want it to work, then you've got to be able to to be completely invested. I don't think it's wise to completely invest right away. Look at it just the same as you would a financial situation you're not gonna put all your chips into one basket until it's a sure thing etc and that's that's your this is your business this is your baby and you've you've quit all the side hustles and all the things and and this is going to be where you're going to butter your bread or you know pick your cliche i just i think you know when i spoke to her the thing that threw it off was i even wrote a description here I said, um, she doesn't know it, but I would have closed up shop, right? Because when I'm done shopping, I don't have a need or a space for anything more. And what is it that made her different? She randomly met me, and so many questions were answered with poise and with energy. 
It was like having a deep conversation on a first date, except that it was just a spontaneous conversation. And we could have left or been distracted at any time. But somehow there was this kind of bubble. And for just a little while, even though it could have been at home or in a booth or on a mountaintop, you know, the only thing that would have changed in other places is the background. It could have been that later on I had to return her under the, <laughs> the warranty of love. Oh, that was so fucked. Because I didn't love who she was or who she, you know, just turned out to be. All right. The warranty of love. Think about that. That's going in the description of this podcast. But for the initial meeting, uh, it was it was everything I needed, and it's something I would still continue to look for today. You know, um, warranty of love. <laughs> but um, you know, I had someone say one. You know, many times that people have said, "There's always a silver lining." Not everything has a liner. Not everything's got a silver lining. Not everything's cooked in tinfoil. It didn't even make any sense that that thing to me. Um, is there something to be learned from everything? Why? Why would you need to learn something from everything? What's there to learn from sitting on a beach and staring at the ocean? Stop trying to fucking complicate beautiful things. Enjoy energy for what it can be. Enjoy purity. Stop trying to turn it into some kind of fucking narrative. It doesn't make any sense to me. What I just said doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm going to have to go back and edit that and beep out of the curse words. It's going to ruin how wonderful what I said was. But uh, I just I think it's so rough in, in so many different ways that people just... They do. They lose that innocence to... Someone was talking to me at, at work. I'm a supervisor, right? And I, I make what I make. And some of that money gets spent on shoes because I mismatch the shoes. And that way people engage. They Never do they say anything new. Do you get dressed in the dark? <laughs> no, I don't get dressed in the dark, you jackass. I wear two different shoes so somebody like you will say something to me and I can engage in conversation. Now how you feel? Uh... Right? I did it so you'd talk to me. Well, now you talk to me. So who's winning now? Silly. But it's effective. And, and it's the truth. And that's, that's exactly why I do some of the things that I do. Because people will notice. And it, I like when people have peripheral vision. They take notice. They say something. Because, look, I've shaved one sideburn out of two. And I mean all the way down to my lip. Where it's it's the length of the side of my face, it goes all the way down my jawline, almost to the middle of my head. And people have not noticed that there's only one sideburn. There's certain people that jump right out of out of the woodwork, and they're like, "Hey, you did you know this? I absolutely know this. I don't know if you like prey, but your name should be Hunter. You know what I mean? And so it's one of those things where I, I do certain things just so it engages people. But I know how to do that. It's almost like I'm a salesman for myself. People have used the term. These people are influencers. They're social media influencers. And blah, blah, blah. No, they're not. They're salesmen. That's all they're doing. Selling their ideas or whatever to you. The, the lady that's on the, the shopping network on television is doing the same as somebody else who is now in your whatever other feed. And those people are not influencers. They're salespeople. 
They've got a job title, description, requirements, the whole works. These people are just amateurs. Now, if they make some money doing it on the side, you could say that they have, you know, a professional interest that is contributing to their their income, whatever that might be. It doesn't make them an influencer. It doesn't change culture or anything. They're salesmen. People determine culture. Warren Buffett might be a guy you could consider an influencer because he's a philanthropist or he spends his money in other ways that then move markets. Well, the media people don't move markets like that. Not to that extent and not anything measurable where it's uh, qualified to, to use the word influencer. It's a paradox of terms. It's a misuse of terms. It doesn't make any sense. And I just, I really enjoy that sometimes people will listen to other people's ideas. You're listening to my ideas right now, right? But I don't consider myself, you know, to fall into the term of like influencer or whatever else. I, I like to be thought-provoking if I can. I hope that you get something out of listening to me, whatever that is. But I literally sit down and put together these ideas in um, the form of uh, almost an outline. It's a very rugged outline. It's not like I took the template and put it in here. I followed, you know, Mrs. Griggs' English class in third grade or something. It's just a rough series of notes in a Microsoft Word document. But just the same... I am giving you a, a rough draft of what probably could, could be considered a you know paperback book or something on my approach to life. It's a lot more work to sit down and write it all out and edit it and put it into you know chronological order and chapters and so it's you can use the index right and you can put a bibliography in there like I put sound clips in this episode or, or wherever else and. It's a lot more work to turn into a written form than it is now for me to just hit record on this microphone, go back and edit it. It's still even listening to the podcast two or three times to censor out my curse words or, you know, where the advertisement's going to go, all that kind of fuss stuff. It's still way less time than it would be to write all that stuff down. And I've gotten to where I value my time in a way that, yes, I love writing certain things for special occasions and for people. But uh, it's not as much of my focus. And, and the reason that it shifted to audio in, in, is instead of written uh, is, has a lot to do with how much I can get done with how much time I can speak um, faster than I write. And hopefully you, you listen and you carry it around. You don't retain it the same way as if it's written. You don't read it. You don't have a copy of it. You, you know, you'd have to go back and find the timestamp and all that kind of stuff. I don't put clips anywhere else in the world. So here you'd have to take what I say and make your own notes or go back and listen all over again. I don't know any other way to do it. You could you could retain it. If you've got a great memory, congratulations. Love it. I'm just traditionally People don't remember everything that was said to them once. It, it requires a little more. That's why we have quizzes and tests and you know all these end of grades and midterms and everything else is to see how long you've retained that information and it's still worthy of you. And there's a lot of things that I, I remember 
from my life uh, because I heard him for the first time or whatever. <laughs> One of my newer guys is a college. He's a smart kid. He's a good-looking kid. He's he is not of the same physical stature as, as other folks who do our line of work. And I, when I first saw him, I said, oh, man, he might struggle down here. 20 minutes later, I saw that man carrying something heavy across his body a, 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 a hundred yards from where it was laying before. And I said, he ain't going to have no trouble. He knew, you know, he, he's got it together. Can he... You know, take 200 pounds and throw it across his shoulder the way that I can and walk up a flight of steps and smack it on the ass at the same time. No, he can't. But he'll do all right where where he's at. And, and he's, he listened. He had a good sense of humor. And I said, what are you doing, man? You're, you're here with us to, to stay? Or? And he said, no, just for the summer. I said, all right, you going to school? And he told me where, and he said, that's the best place on earth. And I thought, I, I will not ever forget that he said that. Just his enthusiasm for his higher education or whatever the culture is there was just different. It was great. It was great to see somebody who is in that younger mind frame, that timeline of his life that is it's still so impressionable and with so many opportunities to get to where I am or other older people that work with him. And I thought, that's a, that's a wonderful kid. And he'll grow up, you know, he's, he's a young man at this point. He'll grow up to be something that, that I think people will enjoy. Um, I like it. I liked it a lot. Um, he won me over just right there and right there. It was just that energy was just like, you know, it's, it was a good instinct. And I trust my instincts. I've run across so many people that are just like, hey, how did you know this about me? Well, as I discussed in the previous episode, you know, I'm kind of a social scientist. I've seen too many people with too many of these things in common, and I just, I know what it most likely means if you were to measure it statistically, right? You're probably, and that is, that is my first and best guess. And often I'm correct. I just, I want people to, to be happy in life, but at the same time, um, there's so many folks that I think when you look around and you say, "Here's this person and that person, and they serve this purpose in my life," and you know, oh, this could happen with this person, and what if with and I go, "Hey, how much of that is a long shot?" How much of it is something where you might want to look in another direction and at least consider the options? I've been single for a while, right? And there are folks who uh, have a tremendous amount of promise who I've crossed paths with. They have all kinds of careers and they live all kinds of distances and everything else. And I appreciate each and everybody's time, personality. And I, I've narrowed it down to you know not speaking to anybody or speaking to you know one or two people a couple of different times I was mentioning the, the girl that I met you know randomly in person right 
Okay, well, that's happened a couple of times in my life. You run across somebody and you're like, this is different. This is this is the way it's supposed to be. This is fate. We were in the same, yeah, we were in the same place at the same time. Same as the last guy who was just asking a question about a project he had going on. We vibed too. He was cool. He had a good sense of humor. He said something about my shoes. What? You mean? No, I didn't think about him the same way where I would have said, hey, you know, maybe we could have dinner or we should continue this conversation by exchanging phone numbers. But I don't do that with people. I mean, I separate my personal and professional life. And sometimes people will go back and they'll find me through whatever means and they'll say hello. And I'm flattered, I guess. But the reality of it is that I reached a point a hell of a long time ago where having someone else is not a requirement. It is more of a blessing. But to the point that when I am done feeling so being so, feeling that I am uh, so stretched in so many different directions or so thin that um, I'll really take the time to reflect on whether I, I pissed away a lot of good opportunities or should have been more I don't know accepting or tolerant or whatever else of somebody. Versus, uh, hey, I got a lot of things done, and I was able to take, um, and here's the crux of it. My kids uh, are now older, but when they were younger, I was a stay-at-home dad. And I was tracking to be someone who was going to be on salary uh, 17 years ago. I was offered, you know, first salary position. Uh, would have been easily been a district manager or whatever else, some kind of traveling, you know, dollar rolling kind of guy. Right here today, I would not be doing this, and I don't mind it. One or the other doesn't necessarily mean more to me financially, but I was a stay-at-home dad who kept the money instead of paying into daycare while I was working, and then coming home, right? I got all the time with the kids. Then the other family kept them. Their mom, grandparents, whatever. And I went to work. So we kept my money and we kept her money. Kept more money. It's a good deal. Plus I got all that time with the kids, which is the number one thing. I've spent more time with, with my children than a lot of people have. And I always appreciated my grandmother and a lot of people from the previous generation so much more because... My kids are, you know, they have great manners. I'm going to speak very well on them. I won't say that they have the greatest sense of style or anything else. I didn't, I never did. You know, my son's, you know, uh, my oldest son's choice of garb is usually, you know, a hoodie with something on it. And he's, he's like I am. I wore a lot of jerseys and basketball, this and that, and hockey and yeah, that was my wardrobe when I was younger. It was all sports and all, all this. He's more of a memes and video games, and that's kind of his thing. He doesn't disrespect people. He opens doors. He's kind. He's got his hair long, and he's grown out his mustache now. And he's already six foot two with, like, size 13 shoes. So he's he's got resources, I'll put it that way. But I'm proud of the time that I spent with him, and I helped I, – have no doubt that it helped to craft out a lot of the personality and sense of humor and how they're selfless with, with their other siblings and family and stuff. It means a lot to me. 
I would not trade that away or gamble that away to say it would have turned out the same had I not stayed at home with them. That's ridiculous. However, I say that to say this. I'm at a point in my life now where I still am my age and have a tremendous amount of potential to be able to pace back towards where I could have been. I I don't think it's realistic to say that I can still accomplish the same uh, career career trajectory that I would have back then. This is is not the same head start. But, you know, I, I do all right for a living, and I've got a lot of prospects or people that look at me for other things otherwise, and I'm very flattered by that. I'm also happy with my place that I live, my podcast, etc. So I have, not only do I have potential, I have options. and I don't feel forced into a corner. Um, and I'm not looking for anybody to break up my serenity. I mean, you know, we work, I, what I do is I work very hard for a living. It's very hard on my body and everything. If I look at my hands, I, too. Oh, I don't need to tell that story. I can. You know, there, I've got two different fingernails with, one of them's got the blood almost uh, at the edge of the fingernail. It's grown all the way out. The other one has uh, a pretty good amount of blood still underneath the fingernail because that just happened four or five days ago, Thursday, Sunday now. Um, and I had to had to poke a hole in that fingernail and let it bleed out for a while because if you don't, the blood builds up and it'll push the nail off the hand. It's just ugly. One of the side effects of the way I operate. But I still have the potential to um, fast track would not be the right word because I'm going, you know, I'm trying to catch back up to where I was. But I still have the potential to uh, with the right luck and the right circumstances to have some very fortunate opportunities to get ahead of the line and get in the express lane with my career at this point to people who are my what what I would say are professional peers yet I bring so much to the table with fresh blood and and my age and my energy level if you hadn't seen how you hadn't realized that by listening to this podcast now I bring, you know, all of these different kind of aspects that are wonderful that it's good to gamble on me. And it's it's a good bet. It it pays off. You get what you pay for and more. I'm I'm very big on value. If you invest in me, you're going to get everything back. And then if I ever need to ask for a favor, I've paid it forward more than once. And so it's very important to me that I be able to focus on that. And And one of the things that keeps me from being able to do that would be to be surrounded by people who have well not unnecessary needs but unhealthy needs and take a break and i'll come back coke with coffee we blended coke with rich coffee for one very good reason your afternoon pick-me-up routine needed it simple as that coke with coffee 
So unhealthy needs. I think that's where we run into all these problems with trying to negotiate with ourselves, with with the people around us. I was talking to someone recently. I said, you know, don't negotiate with a relationship terrorist. I said, yeah, that's going in the show. And I just... Fresh Dr. Pepper. So, it's just a thing that I think is going to be defined by so many other folks out there who have had different experiences than me, but they're going to say, you know, there's going to be similar qualities to each one of those things that you were, you know, uncomfortable or that they did uh, this irreparable harm or this kind of... uh, unthinkable, unspeakable act uh, to the, oh, like the sanctity of, of marriage is really where that's at, but the sanctity of the relationship. You never thought they would do whatever this, you know, dastardly deed was. But... People think that when you're in a relationship and you have a, they do, it's a possibility, not everybody's like this, but you have these people who, that financially or romantically or otherwise, you know, I've, I've experienced it where, you know, a, a female partner has been very what would you say, that they they treat everything romantic as if it's propaganda like a guerrilla terrorist or you know some sort of a an unsavory character might i was told once that you know that i sometimes get some good feedback on what i write on my website or things i've done at work with other folks or you know just recognition and thoughts and the way i organize my written communication is is sometimes things that that are entertaining to other folks. Some people are really moved. They tell me that, you know, it made them cry, whatever it is. And this young lady was (laughs) kind enough to let me know that no matter how heartfelt my notes or whatever else might be for her, that I have a talent for that. And it came too easily to me for her to be able to uh, to put any um, stock in it or appreciate it as if I, I was not putting, uh, you know, like I didn't have to spill blood to do it so it didn't have any value. And I just thought, what a, f- what a wild thing to say. But... Uh, that's that's where it was for her. It's, it was to say that um, she just... I think that she had a hard time interpreting her emotions. This is my counterpoint. That she had a hard time uh, with receiving it, expressing it, being complimented, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And her way of defending uh, being uncomfortable was to say, well... 
how could this possibly, you know, be that fucking awesome if, if it comes so naturally to you? And I thought, you know, every time Barry Bonds hit a home run, I don't remember some guy in the front row going, yeah, that's easy for him. That's never been anything I've ever heard to describe Michael Jordan or anybody else. And when someone has a talent for something, it's something we can all benefit from. Enjoy the words. Have some fun. It's, you know, I don't, I'm not lying to say that I had some great experience or I may think something that is complimentary about you. My dad. I'm gonna have to record that for Father's Day, but I always these little jokes and things. He used to say this guy was sitting at the bar. He goes in there, gets him something to drink. Sitting there all by himself. He hears, hey, man, you're awesome. He looks around. Like, Just him and the bartender. That was you, bartender? Here, I, I, I didn't say nothing. A little bit later, he's sitting there. He's just sipping on his beer. Says, mm. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, his voice. Man, you sure are handsome. He said, what? What? He said, bartender. You sure ain't nobody else in here? No, why are you asking? Well, somebody told me I was awesome. And I heard his voice say I was handsome. He said, that's just the peanuts. They're complimentary. But I always loved those kinds of things from, you know, from dad. I always thought that he had whatever sort of healthy relationship he could have with everybody else around him. I've never known him to mistreat or misuse or, you know, abuse anyone's trust or anything else. I, um... I think people get mixed up sometimes about how old they can be, how old they are. And they, I think that's what dementia and Alzheimer's and all those things that can be so tragic for, for many folks is that you, you get to see people who have kind of lost who you know them to be. And in their mind, they're, you know, they're a child or whatever else. And we don't blame children for that, but we, sort of have a sadness for adults about that. Whether it might be some guy who, you know, has lost himself, somebody who made a mistake, a bad decision or otherwise. And you don't hear the word innocence very much about people of advanced age or maturity or, you know, even, you know, past their 20s or anything. You don't. 
it's been a very important word in my makeup, my genetic makeup, my philosophical makeup, is to try to be innocent, to be impressionable, to be able to learn, to be able to look at other folks and say, this person never did anything to me. They're brand new in my life. And that means something. That means they're full of potential. Good and bad, but they're full of potential. I don't make them pass a series of written questions or tests or whatever else. But Michael, aren't you the guy who has the girlfriend application and the... Yeah, I wrote a fun piece that's full of deal breakers that other people can read and go by. But I'll be very clear that someone who has um, personality, they have a, a good vibe around me, who there are plenty of, of room... Uh, plenty of, of things that give room for negotiating the balance of what I think is completely acceptable uh, for being able to pursue something with some money. It does not mean that, you know, you. I just met the most, most amazing girl at the domestic violence homeless shelter and I, I'm not in the neighborhood to take home and rehabilitate somebody. It's just, it's not because I do different things for other people. It's so many different things. Like that would that would strain too many other pieces. It would break the network. Does that make sense? It would overload the the system. But. There's a very reasonable. Um, you're having a date with me, by the way. I'm opened a can of um, peaches, and I'm just taking this steak down. But um, there's a very reasonable amount of, maybe this person doesn't own their home, and they're not master of the community, but one of the reasons they're single is because they just came out of trying to invest in something else. And so maybe... They're trying to rebound from their losses. And that's the reason you didn't catch them in a winning season. They were doing so well. They might not be single. you got to remember that as well. So, to me, that's a, it's a very important thing. And you run into these folks out there who know that people are... Uh, they embrace the idea of being innocent or impressionable or, oh my God, this guy, and I thought he was available and he was in front of you and you know somebody in the rearview mirror you like might look at it differently but then you would describe him as the the relationship terrorist he now has access to all these other parts of your life or you know if you've done unsavory things and made naughty videos and well, yeah there's all kinds of things that people do that they're, they're not proud of that would not Lend well to a public reputation. But more often than not, it's just about the way that someone sort of... Uh, what's a good way of saying? They're like a termite. They're caught inside of like whatever this is. They're in your heart. They're in your mind. They're in your... You know. And, and they're... Just... 
digging every which way to get a, as much damage done as possible and feed off of you. You just want to cleanse yourself. I can't express how much of a... When people talk about a parasite, now, de by definition, a parasite is something of a different species that feeds off the host. So a baby's not a parasite. It's the same species. And uh, another person is not going to be a parasite to you. But the process does mir mirror that kind of uh, vampire kind of parasite kind of... Um, one leeching off the other and it's so ugly to see that uh you you can see it sometimes just looking at two people out in public you know who's you don't need to see a, a physical chain but you can see who's walking behind who or who's leading the way and who's got their chin down and lacking a lot of self-confidence or pride or otherwise don't get me wrong, there's, there's a lot of appealing qualities if you're just, a, if you're going through those phases or you've just ruled out like you're not going to have marriage and a relationship and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's, you can, you, there's too many different girls out there with chokers and piercings and tattoos and... and Dyeing their hair and, you know, the outfits are their own thing. And those are folks who are far more negotiable to put themselves in less than ideal situations. They dress in less than normal styles. They want to be noticed. They want to do things that are just, like, really intense in, in a way. And, yeah, they're probably much wilder in all your... daydreams and you know more physically negotiable when it comes to being able to, to do all this debaucherous unsavory kind of you know you know but it's hard to invest in that long term how far is that going to take you it's like renting a car you can beat up you got to turn it back in it's not yours why would you want to beat it up? Why would you want to have this kind of, you know, just, it's like football or professional wrestling or anything else that's a combat sport, and so, so to speak. You have these play partners, these folks who are putting their body on the line just like you are, and you're doing these, you know, physically very intense things that they'll ruin different pieces of you in the long run. Some of them will ruin your mind through, you know, CT, through the chronic traumatic encyclopathy, CTE, what destroys the brains of football players and people who have concussions hit their heads and stuff. Some of it is, is more that you put yourself through all that stuff and it's, it's personal trauma. And so you're in a relationship with someone. And, yeah, but you just don't know about this thing she can do with her. Okay. Now, how does that help you have a stable household? Because, 
Yeah, it might take you to the moon and back when you're laying there for about 10 minutes or three hours or four days because you're on ecstasy or whatever, whatever your situation is. Lots of possibilities out there. But what does it mean in the long run? Like, how is that going to help you establish wherever you want to go and bring you peace of mind? Does that mean that she gives you better feedback about whatever you need to know the truth about? That's that's not what it is. When some people will be like, yeah, she's the truth. You know, that's not what they mean. They mean that girl is... Um, Corrupting their mind more than anything. It's, they're, they're misguided by multi-directional blood flow. But there are very workable qualities in, in folks who have been jaded because they have been tested against the worst circumstances there are. And they know how bad it can be. To still have them trust you and chase after you and all those kinds of things can be a real compliment if you respect their judgment. Many people don't respect the judgment of folks like that. Just don't. They, um... They look at them like toys. And, um... Seasonal t-shirts. Hey, that's a clever Halloween shirt. I'll add that to my closet. That's how they treat these, you know, play partners or kinky kind of, you know, I don't know, fetish kind of mindset that they have for a, a girl, a guy, whatever. And it's not someone they would be happy to just take them to Thanksgiving and around their family and trust them in, you know, more disciplined areas of their life. They wouldn't be proud to show them off. That makes me very different than a lot of folks. I've, I've said that very clearly to people. I look for someone who's not only independent, but who I can be proud of. I'm not saying that you can't invest in someone where there might be a little explaining to do, but how much do you want to have to cover for your your other person? How much of that story do you want to be you know, constantly questioned, et cetera, et cetera? Which is why, if they're a work in progress, it's wonderful to be able to keep in contact, maybe even to date them actively and, and be able to enjoy or even help with their journey. But it's a shame if they've been abused. You know, it could be, you know, I say relationship terrorist. It was, you know, let's say that um, something happened involving family with a pet. That's right, he killed my dog. My God bless. Like, how are you dealing with that? I don't know. Right? They don't even know how to approach it. And um, it ruins most folks like that, probably forever, um, from a lot of things that I've seen. They don't, there's, there's not a piece of their life that is, or um, I don't want to say outlet. Let's say they are not pursuing any avenues that would lead to them having the sort of put it behind me and then now I can have new growth. And now I've re-sowed, re-plowed that field and now I can plant something fresh. 
their soil has been been corrupted, and they they don't want to do the work to cultivate it again. What a shame, right? Because there's opportunity out there, but there's so many vanity projects out there in the world where you can just spend your money on concerts and social media and going nowhere kinds of friendship and relationships that you'll get distracted too much if you don't have the kind of focus. If you don't have the kind of focus I'm looking for. Our community would be so much stronger if we didn't have all these things just... They are. They sort of corrupt the fabric of of people and and it disintegrates. It it stretches... uh, reassigns, probably eliminates completely a lot of the values that we have had in the past. And I hate to think about that as someone who wants to have this innocence about the future. I mean, I acknowledge, you know, you got to recognize that so many different things are going to keep a lot of folks from I guess their goals but at the same time a lot of those people just change or they abandon goals that word doesn't apply to them they just want to feel happy right or they want to feel balanced forget goals they just don't want to hurt and so that's a completely different thing that's how far from you know the path to have to success or you know this this community level of happiness or whatever they are and they may never get back on that road because they've shut everybody else out and as long as they can they can fix themselves which is you know how they got into this mess to begin with so it's it's as if they've given themselves a life sentence what a shame. And um, when I have been in a situation where I'm speaking to anyone who I think you know shares those kinds of descriptions, um, I certainly make it a point, you know, to say, there's, you know, there's so many different choices in front of you think about all of them don't settle for less the reward of of being able to to go that much further enhances your spirit your happiness everything because getting rid of the bad is one thing being able to to build up and have this collection of of the good is a completely different thing. I just want to be able to walk again. You don't want to run. You don't have any, you know. Now you're going to take life for granted. There's other people who are going to jump up and say, I want to be able to run or walk or whatever, a 5K or a half marathon or go to the Boston Marathon or whatever it might be. Because their injury changed their look on life 
and you get into a rough relationship with someone who's just rough and they do all this, you know, terrorist kind of stupid shit to your emotional well-being and, and treat you roughly, talk to you as if you are worthless, etc. You know, those are folks who a lot of times just shut everybody out. They don't look at it, and I don't hear it a lot, that they turn around and say, you know what? Heck with that guy. Heck with that girl. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to have the greatest relationship there is. I'm not going to let them keep me from being happy. I'm going to, you know, put my mind to work, come up with ways to, to deal with many of these things, how to find a better partner. I'm going to pursue it. That's all there is to it. I don't hear it a lot. Could. I think with all the information and stuff that we have out there, things would be better than ever. Instead of so many bad stories. Something to think about. The last thing that I have on my list uh, for today was, uh, it doesn't even have to be said on here. I said I might even have a Masterpiece Sunday. There's a handful of folks in my life that I've, I've run across here and there and said, you know, I probably should write something and say, you know, here's where I'm at. They don't need me, whatever. But I hope that you're doing well. I hope you find the kind of, you know, not only closure, but the kind of um, peace and um, self-confidence that you've always wanted to have. One of the the biggest killers in, in relationships that I've, I've experienced is mine and, and from a partner as well, is the self-confidence level uh, in one or both of the people. Because it's not only prohibitive in terms of like where they're willing to invest and how innocent they can be, but it certainly destroys like their ability to take further steps to say, hey, I... Absolutely, all the signs are there. Why can't I just do it? Confidence. And I've gotten to a point where I said, you know what would make it or break it for me? The thing would be the person who who just shows up, who puts in effort, who is overly reasonable and and vulnerable and uh, tries to explore where others would not. Who dares to go into places where, you know, people have decided they're too damaged to to go back and reflect on and bring some kind of balance to the, the traumatic Uh, battlegrounds of their past, whether that's in their heart, their mind, their emotions, whatever it is, that they sit back and they, God, okay, so I don't, I just don't go there. You need to go there. It's part of your history. And if you can't um, do anything to process that, why would you think that, you know, I'm going to be overly... Or let's say um, 
And what I want to do is to take... You always want to take, like, the next relationship to, like, you know, the highest places it can go. You, you want to go as long as, as it can go. You know, lifelong, you know. And yet, <clears throat> it's really hard to look at someone and say, yes, it's very possible to basically go anywhere, do anything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, if they are unable to address these things. Clean out that ugly storage unit and uh, make peace with whatever used to be there. Cleanse it. Move on. Stop paying that monthly fee in the back of your mind. There's people who you talk about living rent-free in your head and stuff like that. Stop doing that to yourself, to your significant other, to your potential for the future, especially your relationship potential in the future, by not addressing those things and getting them up and out. People have asked me about, you know, whether I, I was trying to acquire more people to listen to a podcast or whatever. I don't give a damn if anybody listens. These are very interesting thoughts to me that come together from many of my conversations and travels. And I put them here in case somebody else would like to use them as a what to do or what not to do. <laughs> it's just information. It's up to you what you do with it. So, you know. I didn't even get into my cigar. I guess I'm going to put it back in the humidor. I'm going to wrap this up. But I hope that you guys have a great Sunday. It is... June the 11th, uh, which is a day that meant a lot to me and a young lady who drove a race car. We ended up having three beautiful kids. But uh, back in 2001, I, I won the RCWF Mid-Atlantic Championship from a slacker, Scotty Parker, and the money man, Chris Deal, who was my tag team partner back in... Uh, it was in Sparta, North Carolina, isn't that right? A three-way ladder match for the RCWF Mid-Atlantic title. I I wonder sometimes if my videotapes of those events are, are still any good or not, because I haven't looked at them and haven't converted them forever. My brother, my brother gave me a nice video converter. I need to buy a VCR and, and convert them digitally. If I ever do that, I'll, uh, I'll make it so people who listen to the podcast can take a look at that crap. But, um... No, I've, I've always appreciated those memories I had with Chris and with uh, with Scotty. Great guys. Um, they turned out to be great grown-ups, too. We were we were young back then. But I won that title on June the 9th. And um, I, I can't remember if I exchanged... I guess I exchanged emails with her. I met her on June the 11th. So, um, I hope that... Uh, Everybody has a great Sunday. Father's Day is coming up next Sunday, so I'll have a little bit of something for that. I'm recording podcasts a little more regularly now, so uh, I've already decided. This this missing episode that I, where I won't name anything, episode 19, it's for my dad. That's coming up this week. Um, we'll see how that goes. I don't even have any notes. I might not even make any notes for that podcast. 
but you can still send your email as people have done. <laughs> Not only have people sent in the the filled out girlfriend application or whatever, but I appreciate when people reach out to me, whether it's email or like a messenger or whatever, and and um, have communicated the, not only their feedback, but good, bad, indifferent. If you're spending your time on me, I, I feel very um, appreciative. There's gratitude coming from me for that. And if you have anything to add, um, feel free. But it should be a good week. I've got... I have a lot of friends and I call them friends and family. I got about five dozen friends and family coming to visit this week professionally. So I'm going to gear up for that. And uh, it's beautiful outside. I hope everybody is enjoying everybody's opportunities. I know that they keep talking about the air quality and this and that and the other. That's because if you'll just go outside with nothing in your pockets and enjoy the day and breathe and sweat and maybe drink some water. Um, you're not going to contribute to terrible air quality. But if you're out there engaging in this, if you're out there going to Starbucks and doing all that crap to engage in a culture of consumption, yeah, you probably are having trouble with what you're seeing in the news and otherwise. Because y'all are the same hipster motherfuckers who are out there destroying the air quality. One and the same. We're the conscious ones, yeah, of your own of your own volition. That's what you're conscious of. Anyway, I've got a full glass of Dr. Pepper. I've got a half a can of peaches. I'm gonna sit down and I'll get this podcast up to you as soon as I can. But you had quite a few things here that I think are, are very interesting revelations I've had for myself, and uh, I look forward to the feedback. And I hope everybody's having a great. Start to their summer, really, right? I have been able to, I just, you know, put in those smoke alarms. Dad's got a big garden going. And uh, my mother has a bunch of projects that I have to well, hang a ceiling fan, change out some light fixtures, fix the garage door. We got, we got you know, the it used to be the honeydew list. Now it's the sundew list. Now I love <laughs> the sun drop list. I, I love doing stuff for family. When you can talk with them and work at the same time, not only do you get to absorb their their energy and their wonderful personalities, but you get to contribute to something that is long-lasting. The relationship part of it, the labor that you put in is a, is a life skill that you can take with you everywhere, but then they also benefit whatever you might be doing for their home or, or whatever you're doing for them. So I encourage anybody who's out there you're going to you're going to planet fitness and, uh, you're trying to set off the hunk alarm or the lunk alarm or whatever and, and lift and be crazy and sexy and take your pictures because you look take all that physical energy and and go do something else with it for somebody else do it with somebody else stop working on yourself but the gym is my uh, ooh. yeah Go do something physical with somebody else. Go grab a partner and go running or walking or whatever and do it as a team. Push each other. Stop spending all that time alone. Build something with somebody else. Whether it's one of these relationship things I might be talking about 
or maybe it's just furthering your your friendship and uh, your ability to work well with others. Anyway, thank you for listening to Michael L. Craver Presents, and uh, I'm going to go find you a good song to wrap up this podcast. I'll see you again soon. (laughs) 